You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Abbott. In this episode, we are joined by Aletica Ottawa's first signing, Ben Fisk. Regular barfly, Carlos Benitez, joins us to ask Ben some questions as well. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Okay, so uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by Atletico Ottawa player and Canadian international Ben Fisk. Welcome to the show, my man. How's it going, guys? Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it, the, the pleasure is all ours, buddy. We're really uh, excited to have you on here. Um, and Carlos is with us here too. Thanks for coming on the show again, Carlos. No, no problem. Thank you, Anthony. And thank you, Ben, for agreeing again uh, to be interviewed in this spot. So, uh, Ben, my first question for you is, uh, why, why the move to Ottawa and uh, how did it come about? Um, the move to Ottawa, it was, uh, you know, w- once it finally did come about, it was uh, a pretty, uh, pretty no-brainer for me. I think uh, given uh, the opportunities that being involved with, with this kind of organization could provide moving forward, I think I was at a time in my career where, where I really... Uh, I wasn't ready to, to be settled somewhere and be too comfortable. And, and I think that's uh, what I was starting to feel at Pacific, you know, obviously leading up to, to that opportunity coming about, I was, I was fully planning to stay with Pacific and, you know, for, for one reason or another, things kind of weren't coming together. And, and so when, uh, when Atletico Ottawa was announced and, and, you know, I was, I was one of, uh, if not the first guys that they were, uh, they were in touch with trying to bring me on board. Um, I just felt uh, very valued and, and very uh, very excited about the the potential that the opportunity could bring. How much pressure do you feel like being the the first player for a new franchise? Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of pressure, but um, to be honest, I'm someone I enjoy uh, pressure. I've I've always. Uh, you know, I think like like lots of athletes growing up watching the best in the world, and and you know something that sets those guys apart is uh, is always uh, performing in the big moments on the big stages, and and you know I think being the first player for a club is is nowhere near being uh, you know the pressure of being the best player in the world or or something like that. So I think uh, you know I take it as an honor. I'm I'm really proud to to be you know have my name kind of go down in the in the club's uh, story and and then uh as soon as we can get back on the pitch plane i'm really excited to to try and make the the club the fans and and the ownership proud uh, in their decision to bring me on uh, we're, we're we're in halifax um so we don't really know what the, the buzz is like in the city so what's the buzz being like in in ottawa well it's it's a funny time to ask because we obviously uh everyone's kind of staying home at the moment but uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you on social media it's been great <laughs> i think uh you know, since uh, since I was announced, I've had uh, you know an o- overwhelming number of fans reaching out. You know, little things that I think are awesome, like like giving me giving me recommendations for restaurants and coffee shops uh, that again I haven't been able to try given the circumstances. But I've got a <laughs> got a r- running list of, uh, of fan uh, fan favorites. Uh, I should call them, I guess, uh, local businesses and stuff that I'd like to to go try as soon as things start opening back up. But um, no, like I said, it's been uh, it's been incredible so far. I think there's there's that that really cool uh, mix of of you know existing fans from from the Ottawa Fury 
Uh, and then, you know, some new, newer fans that maybe, uh, you know, they didn't connect as well with the Fury. And, and now with, uh, with the Atletico Madrid uh, connection, uh, it gives them a reason to kind of get into fo- footy again and, and get behind a, a new team. So it's something fresh and, and I think it'll be great for the CPL. So um, looking at the, the squad you guys have assembled already, um, how confident are you guys going to be successful in the first season? I'm I'm very impressed with the squad they've put together so far. Um, you know, there, there's obviously uh, a few more additions to come. Uh, we're not going to go into the season with 14 players, but um, the guys that we do have, I, I can tell you, we we didn't get a full preseason, but the the four or five days of training we had, uh, I was really impressed. And and uh, you know, times like this for for a team are are opportunities to you know maybe can't work on the pitch together, but it's opportunities to come together as a team and and uh, and create a a real unity amongst us and and you know sometimes during a long season that's half the battle so um very confident about about our skills on the pitch and then i think uh this this tough time you know that we've all been going through will uh will pay dividends later on in the season for for a new team obviously like you guys can't meet face to face so how's it been building the banter for the dressing room over zoom and uh, all these kind of different types of apps to be honest, it's been really fun. I think uh, our our Zoom calls and Zoom workouts are, are a good time. Uh, we've got a couple guys, a couple international guys who are uh, you know not in Ottawa or, or in Canada at the moment, and uh, you know we, one of them in particular. I'm not going to mention any names, but you, you can hear you can hear roosters in the background and all this kind of stuff, and it, it's great, it's hilarious. So. Our uh, our group chat uh, on WhatsApp's been going off, uh, you know, pretty much nonstop. There's there's great banter and you know things like getting on uh, on the PlayStation now, playing uh, you know a bit of FIFA, Call of Duty, stuff like that. But you're on the mic, you're chatting, uh, you know, getting to know each other on a on a little bit more uh, fun level, you know. Uh, and I think uh, little stuff like that, uh, you know, little by little, you you really come together as a group. Do your previous experience, Ben? Uh, with the Spanish leagues, uh, when you play for La Coruña and the different and the other team, uh, Caruso, I know it was really difficult for you to leave Pacific FC to make the move to Atletico Ottawa. How difficult it was for you to leave because you were uh, pretty much the fan base favorite. You were captain and you were an idol, like, you know, the homeboy of the island, the, the star of, of Pacific. And how difficult was for you to take that decision to move to Atletico Ottawa? Was your previous Spanish experience and the Spanish game make your decision easier? Because I was reading about uh, a little bit about you and also I knew that your parents studied in Ottawa. So I was wondering if it was also like family advice, it was personal advice, how, what, what made your move uh, easier to go to Ottawa? I think, uh, you know, I touched on this a little bit uh, uh, in one of the first questions. The biggest reason uh, for the decision for me was uh, just thinking about where I'm at in my career and, and what my, my goals are moving forward. Um, you know, I, I was really starting to feel like uh, I was so happy and, and so uh, comfortable at, at Pacific that, you know, if I, if I had stayed another year or two years, uh, you know, I think it would – Every year that I stayed, it would be harder and harder to leave. Um, and I was just, you know, thinking, am I at 27? You know, is this it? Is this, uh, you know, the, the 
not the best I can do, but, uh, you know, is there a chance that I could, uh, you know, kick on and, and, and have, uh, you know, an even bigger experience in my career and, and, you know, another adventure, so to speak. Uh, so that was the biggest reason, um, you know, given the, the international connections of, of Atletico Ottawa and, and just, you know, the backing of Atletico Madrid, I just thought that, uh, that it would bring uh, a lot more opportunity moving forward. Um, and take me out of my comfort zone a little bit and, and hopefully uh, help me grow as a player and a person. Speaking on uh, Pacific there, um, how did you think, like, personally, your season went last year? Last year was, uh, you know, a lot of up and downs, I think. Personally, you know, I have a few goals and assists, and, and, and you know, I think it was the best uh, goal-scoring season I've had in my career so far. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, Given the results we had, I thought we, uh, you know, we underperformed given the talent we had on our roster. Um, there's a lot of, you know, reasons for that. I think injuries obviously were a big one. We lost our captain, Marcel de Jong, in, in the first week of preseason. Um, we lost, you know, Marcus Haber for, for a lot of the season. Uh, Hendrik Starowitz was, was out for a lot of the season. Those are our three uh you know, those are, are three more senior members of the roster than I was. And, and uh, you know, he, Carlos mentioned that, uh, you know, that I was captain last year. Well, uh, I wasn't the start of the year, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was, uh, you know, filling in for, for those guys. And and uh, I think leadership kind of roles like that are, are really, really hard to replace. And, and I think that hurt us a lot uh, with such a young team. Um, we had so much talent, uh, so many young players uh, with, with a lot to give to the game. but we were missing, uh, you know, that kind of veteran mentality where you know how to win games, you know how to how to see out uh, tough results and and that kind of thing. And I think that's what we we're missing last year. So a lot of up and ups and downs um, overall. You know, quite a frustrating year given given the results. But uh, you know, personally, I thought uh, I could take a, a lot from that into into twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, you've lost a, a manager during the season. Was there much upheaval at the club during that time? Uh, we lost our manager uh, right before the last of the season, so um, you know I think it, it sent a bit of a bit of a message amongst the boys, just letting us know that uh, ownership was was uh, you know they, they're in it to, to win and they weren't gonna they weren't gonna settle for for a half decent season. So uh, you know, fair play to them. I think that uh, I'm someone who who feels the same way. Uh, that you know, the, the, given the talent we had, that wasn't good enough. So, so when uh, Rob and Josh came to us and, and explained the, the decision, I uh, personally felt felt obviously felt bad for for Michael, and and you know, it definitely wasn't uh, all his fault. But uh, I also understood where the ownership was coming from in uh, you know trying to send a message, and and uh, you know, you only get one chance to to have a first season and, and kind of make a statement of, of what your club's about, and I think they. They wanted to make sure that that no player was confused that they were in this to win. They weren't, you know, developing players uh, is obviously a big theme there, but uh, winning's the most important. So, obviously, it was the inaugural season. So, as a as a whole, how do you think that the uh, the CPL um, the first season went for for the league? Do you think it was a success? I think it was a huge success. Yeah, I think uh, you know as a player. Um, Coming to the league, I uh, I had you know my expectations, and and uh, the first season certainly exceeded all of those, uh, both on and off the pitch. I think 
um, the brand that the, the league and, and uh, you know, the people behind the scenes created was, uh, was much bigger and better than, than I ever could have imagined. Um, I think, uh, you know, just to give you an, an example, I've got obviously uh, been lucky enough to play all over the world and I've got friends all over the world now following this league and saying, wow, like we never knew, uh, never knew Canada could, could have such a competitive and, and professional looking uh, organization. So um, that, that's a testament to what, what uh, the league built in the first year and, and on the field as well. I think it, it was very, very competitive. There's a lot of good quality. Um, you know, and, and if you have someone who, who doesn't agree with you, just ask them what they think of Calgary knocking out the Vancouver Whitecaps in the, in the Canadian championship. Right. So in our very first season, we're, we're competing with, uh, with the MLS squad. So, uh, the proof is in the pudding and, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the world's ours now, I think, uh, to move forward year by year, um, and, and hopefully keep improving. Yeah, uh, this is a question uh, of one of uh, Chris, one of our contributors that he was uh, dying to ask. Uh, being part of the original FC Edmonton team, when your contract with Pacific expired and you were dealing with negotiations with Atletico Ottawa and perhaps other teams, would it be any consideration to coming back to Edmonton to play with them? Um, there was never any serious consideration. Um, I, I, I really love my time in Edmonton. Uh, I've got a great relationship with Jeff Paulus, uh, who's the coach there now. He was, uh, he was the assistant when I was there, but, uh, I just felt where I was at in my career and, and how happy I was at Pacific. Like when, when I say that up until Ottawa came along, I, there was no, uh, you know, there was no chance of me leaving Pacific. Uh, look, I genuinely do mean that. Uh, I was I was fully prepared to stay, and and we were working things out with the ownership. Um, and so, uh, you know, for me to leave there, it was going to have to be an opportunity that really, really excited me, and and uh, you know, was was uh, an improvement from from where I felt I was at. And so, uh, I felt that Ottawa was the only only team in the league that would uh, kind of fulfill that for me. And you mentioned it before that uh, you are having Zoom chats with your teammates. You guys are bonding. So that uh, explains highly about like you guys are like getting together as a team, which is good. Do you feel a little bit pressure because we're talking about Atletico Ottawa, which is the owners are from Atletico Madrid, one of the top clubs around the world. There's a lot of eyes around this league, especially with this team, because uh, you guys are making history because you guys are the first team that uh, it's owned by a global team. And number two is the first team that is uh, on, spa on expansion. So it's, it's, it's we have eight teams now. So is there a lot of pressure for the local room in regards to this, in the philosophy of Atletico Madrid, the play of style? Can you tell us more about this? Rather than uh, pressure, I think uh, it gives us confidence. I think knowing that we have the backing of, of such a big uh, club in world football, I think uh, every player here is, is excited and, and really, really proud to be a part of that. So, like I said, rather than pressure, I think uh, it gives us confidence knowing that, that uh, you know, we, we've got some heavy hitters that have our back. Um, you know, as far as building a, building a, a championship team, they, they've got you know, re real experience doing that, um, as well in their, in their other, uh, 
expansion teams around the world. I think uh, their their team, Atletico San Luis in Mexico, for example, um, they were in the second division when when they got them, and and within two years, I believe they had uh, gotten them promoted to uh, to Liga MX. So just you know, it just gives you an example that that they know what they're doing when it comes to to putting championship teams together. Um, so it, you know, it takes a bit of pressure off off uh, off the players, and just in that you know that, that they know what they're doing and, and that they brought you here for a reason uh, because they see you contributing to, to a, you know, a successful franchise. And so uh, if you're here and, and, and it's Atletico Madrid that's brought you here, I think as a player, you know, it's, it's pretty hard not to be, feel invigorated and, and energized by that and uh, ready to fight for the club. And uh, how's that uh, relationship with Mista? Um, because, you know, you're fluent in Spanish. We were talking a little bit of the record before we start this and does he rely on you because uh you guys have you, you guys have a lot of internationals so and you going to have more internationals and canadians as well um uh, does he relies on you uh being fluent in spanish to to pass the message also i know he speaks a little bit of english but you know like having somebody in the local room that can lead with the language and transmit the message on and off the of the pitch uh, does it give you a little bit more responsibilities in regards to that? Yeah, his, his uh, English is getting better and better every day. Um, and, and my relationship with him thus far has been uh, incredible. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm someone I, I, I try and be whatever the team needs from me and, and for sure, uh, you know, helping to get certain messages across or translate uh, has been one of those, uh, you know, one of those areas where I've been able to help. Um, But, you know, it's not uh, it's not just me. There's, you know, uh, a couple of members of this coaching staff that are fluent in both Spanish and English, um, you know, and, and a couple of other players as well. So uh, it's not it's not that it's just falling on uh, on my shoulders. And, and then also, like I said, this does uh, English has been improving uh, really, really quickly. So um, it hasn't uh, the language, I should say, hasn't been uh, as much of a factor as, as I even uh, anticipated before signing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's definitely a Spanish influence and, and that's going to influence the way we play and, and the way we train and, and, and all sorts of things like that. But uh, I don't think the language will be much of a barrier. I know you've been playing FIFA online with some of the uh, Atletico Madrid players and, and stuff like that. How important is it for you guys to actually feel part of the Atletico Madrid family? Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's not a, a make or break thing. I think uh, the cool thing is that Atletico Madrid really wants us to feel a, a part of things. Um, but, uh, you know, when we all signed here, I don't think we, you know, I don't think we expected it to be as good as it was. Uh, I certainly didn't expect to be uh, heading off to Madrid to train for a month at, uh, at Atletico Madrid's facilities. Uh, obviously, because of the, the, the coronavirus that uh, didn't end up happening the way we wanted to. But That was just an example of, of how, uh, how invested they were in us. And, and, you know, they had all sorts of plans to, you know, uh, spend a couple of days hanging out with the first team there, see a few first team matches, uh, you know, play a, a friendly against the, uh, against the second team. Like there's a lot of things that, that they had planned that were, you know, very special and very unique uh, in terms of, you know, you're not going to get those opportunities unless you're, uh, you're the, the sister company of, of Atletico Madrid. So, You know, stuff like the FIFA tournament and, and, and little stuff like that is, is just fun little ways to, to feel connected. And, 
And, uh, you know, as players, I think it's, it's, it's more just a, a cool opportunity than anything. You know, these are guys who watch on TV. So if you get the chance to, to you know, be a peer to them, it's, it's just a really uh, cool moment. Speaking of your, your trip to Madrid, like um, how good were the facilities there? The, the the best I've ever seen. It was it was incredible. I mean, I was like a, a little kid in a candy store walking into that uh, training <laughs> complex. So, um, and and then I was the you know the kid throwing a little tantrum when you tell him you can't go back. So, uh, <laughs> just, 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 as, just as great as they were, it was it was equally uh, equally shitty to to have to leave Madrid and not be able to spend that month there. But obviously, given the circumstances, you know, uh, health and safety comes first. So. Uh, we understand, but yeah, yeah, you know, I think we're all just hoping that we're around next year for for next year's preseason trip. Uh, Carlos alluded there earlier on that you spent some time playing in Spain. Um, a lot of the players that we we talk to who have played in Europe at, at some level always kind of say the same thing that the the tactical awareness side of things in Europe is a little bit ahead of what it is in Canada. What do you think that the Canadian game needs to do to try and catch up with that? You know, I think uh, there's a lot of different answers to that question, and I don't think any one of them is is right or wrong. Um, I think uh, you know, one example is is better education for for Canadian coaches. Uh, you know, a good example would be Jimmy Jimmy Brennan that recently finished his his UEFA Pro license. Um, you know, that's a Canadian uh, ex player now coach who. Uh, that's that's the highest level of, of coaching certification that you can possibly get. So uh, I think more Canadian coaches, uh, you know, going out of their comfort zone like that and finding education in in the parts of the world that, that are the most successful football wise. Um, I think that's that's one way to do it. Um, another way, of course, is is, uh, you know, the influx of, of foreign coaches. I think um, Mista as well, you know, he's got his his way for pro license and it's not all about badges, but, uh, you know, that, that obviously, uh, is a testament to the work and, and time that they've put into, you know, dedicated to, to their craft. So I think those, those are two, two easy examples of, uh, how this league is going to improve because with, with coaches like that, uh, you know, you're going to see, see the level improve every single year. You're going to see teams that are, that are, you know, changing kind of the, the, the tactics here in the league, maybe being a bit more creative and bringing a bit more to the table. And, and I think uh, that all bodes well for, for a bright future for, for the league. My question is like, mostly um, you have a lot of experience in Spain. Um, I want to ask you more about how was your time in Charleston? I know you played there for a year in 2013. If you can tell us about that a little bit, share a little bit of stories and experiences. Yeah, uh, Charleston. I, I was uh, I was down there on loan from uh, from the Whitecaps, um, and uh, you know it's a beautiful city, great organization down there. I thought uh, Mike Anhauser, who was the coach and GM down there, he you know he runs a tight ship, and and uh, and he's really really built a great uh, great little organization down there. So hats off to him and and Andrew Bell as well. I believe uh, is still involved. He was the president when I was down there. I think that they've uh, they've done a great job. Um, as far as my, my experience down there, um, you know, it started started really well. Uh, I got myself into the team and scored a couple goals. Uh, um, and then I, I actually, from, I would say, April onwards, it was pretty rough. Uh, I had to have two, two knee surgeries down there. Um, or Sorry, one, one down in Charleston, one I had to come back for 
uh, in Vancouver and, and that kind of, you know, ended my stint down there pretty, pretty quickly. I think I, I came back uh, just in time for the last game of the season. And then the, uh, our, uh, playoff game against Orlando city who, who were still in the USL at that time. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I wasn't fit enough to, to play much of a role in those games. I think I came off the bench for, for 25 minutes or something like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of ups and downs. That was my first season as a pro, so so obviously having a bit of success was great, but uh, it was definitely overshadowed by by the injuries. So back in the days uh, when you used to play there, I see that you you are a left winger. You can play wing, but also you can play as an attacker midfielder. You develop well in both positions. If you have to pick one, which one would it be? Um, to be honest, it, it depends on, on my teammates. You know, if I, uh, for example, if I had a state at Pacific this year, um, you know, and, and I think uh, Marco Bustos is a, is a fantastic player as a number 10. Um, so I, I'm not going to try and get in the way of that. I, I think uh, someone like that, I'd play really well with uh, staying out on the wing, you know, in another team that, that maybe uh, wants to play a certain, a certain style. Um, you know, I think I can suit suit the team better as, as a number 10 or, or as an attacking midfielder. Um, you know, I'm also someone who's not, not afraid to work hard, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, it, it really just depends, uh, how the team wants to play and, and, uh, and my teammates as well, uh, you know, how, how I would fit in with them. So I'm equally comfortable in, in both positions. Um, it just depends on the team and, and where I'm going to find my role in that team. And this is more like a, uh, following that question, um, now in Atletico Ottawa, you're going to have more teammates internationals that are Spanish. And you play in Spain for two years, and then you play internationally. You came to Pacific, and you have to adapt those skills to the Canadian wave, or, I mean the Canadian style. Now, going back to Atletico Ottawa, um, how do you feel about like playing with Spanish teammates? Do you think that you can brush up and play in a different style, the way that Mister wanted, uh, the Spanish way in, in Atletico Ottawa? As you mentioned it before, you guys are going to have more of that influence, but that influence probably going to blend easily having Spanish teammates. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I, f I feel uh, very blessed to, to have had the experiences in football that I have because um, I think I'm someone who can help uh, help hold, uh, you know, the tactics and, and style of play that we want together. Um, just given my experience in, both in Spain but also here here in Canada. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I can help be that, uh, that glue between the, the international guys and the Canadian guys, um, you know. And and then uh, we haven't had a whole lot of a uh, lot of time to work on how we want to play and stuff. But uh, you know what what I do know is is that will be will be fun to watch and and I'm really excited to be a part of it and and uh, you know hopefully be one of the guys that can uh, that can help turn a playing philosophy into a winning philosophy. I'm from Ireland, so I kind of have to ask you about your your <laughs> trip to Derry. So you played with a couple of Northern Ireland guys when you were at SE Edmonton. Um, how much did they influence your move to Derry and how much did you know about Irish football before you got there? Um, I didn't know a whole lot. I mean, uh, my first year at, at Edmonton, I played with uh, Albert Watson and Daryl Fordyce. Um, great guys, great players. Uh, they, they told me a bit about uh, Irish football and stuff, but they had both come from uh, the Northern Ireland, Ireland uh, Premiership. Um, then my, my second year 
uh, at Edmonton, uh, we, we signed a guy named Dean Shields, who was also from Northern Ireland, but uh, he, he had played in the League of Ireland for, for Dundalk. Um, and his father actually was, was the coach at Derry. Um, so, you know, fast forward uh, six months or so, uh, NASL folds. I'm out of a contract at Edmonton. And, uh, you know, I got a, a message from Dean Shields asking if I was interested in, uh, in uh, making a move to Ireland. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. He set me up uh, at Derry with his dad as a coach. Um, they had just uh, recently sold a left winger to uh, Portsmouth in England. Um, and they, you know, if they were in need of someone, uh, this was a few weeks before, uh, they were set to play the Europa League, uh, ties and, uh, they, they needed someone in a hurry and, and, uh, you know, I was free and, and really excited about the opportunity and got there and, and was pretty much thrown straight into the team and, and played, uh, Europa League games a couple of weeks later. Wow. That's a baptism of fire, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. It was brilliant. <laughs> So, so the, the Brandywell is like one of the most iconic stadiums in Ireland. Uh, what was it like making your home debut in front of uh, their crazy set of fans? <laughs> it was great. The, to be honest, I, I don't have a, a single bad thing to say about my time in Derry uh, or about uh, Derry City FC or, or the fans. I thought, uh, you know, they, they welcomed me with open arms from day one. And, and you know, I still get messages from the fans now uh, congratulating me on my move here. Uh, you know, uh, congratulating me on goals that I've scored and, and little little messages here and there. It's, it's quite uh, quite amazing. So uh, to be a part of, uh, you know, such a, a big family coming out of such a small city, because it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's quite a, a big town, I would say, uh, there in Derry. It's, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, how far reaching that fan base is around the world. So uh, you you won the, the League of the, I think it was the League of Ireland Cup when you were there with them? Um, yes. so, uh, what was it like winning that game in front of the home fans against Cove Ramblers? It was great. I mean, that was the, the first trophy of my professional career and, and, uh, you know, I've always, uh, grown up, uh, idolizing the guys who win. So, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely didn't want to spend my whole career without winning a trophy. And so that was very special just being that it was the first and, and it was also special because I think, uh, playing in a final on, uh, you know, in your home stadium is, is quite unique, uh, especially in Europe. Usually uh, finals are played at, at neutral grounds. Um, so just, just how, how that tournament was done and, and uh, you know, the, getting the home seed for the final was really, really cool. Um, playing a final in front of a packed Brandywell Stadium was, uh, was a day I'll never forget. Yeah, I think the, the, the final, like the ground was decided by a coin toss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, which is, seems ridiculous, but, uh, you know, it obviously uh, worked. <laughs> I, uh, I would just love to think of them all just crowded around, like, a, a table in a pub. <laughs> you, you get, get a bigger, uh, big, bigger crowd out to watch the coin toss than the match itself. <laughs> uh, so, like, obviously you played in Spain and it's a very high level. What was the standard of play like in Ireland? In Ireland, I would describe it as uh, very competitive. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of good players. Uh, tactically, uh, you know, I think there's a bit of divide in the league where the top uh, four or five teams are, are quite a level above the, the bottom teams. Um, you know, you, you group in there, Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Cork City, Derry, uh, Sligo Rovers is, is quite good. Um, then... You know, there's a couple a couple teams in the middle, and and then uh, you know, like I said, the bottom teams are are a bit behind. But 
very, very competitive, uh, you know, playing against uh, uh, one of the lower teams in the league. You know, it's not, it's very rarely going to be a, a 4-0, you know, blowout. I think, uh, you know, the guys are up, up for it every game. They're, they're ready to get stuck in uh, or chase you down the line, whatever it might be. You know, there, there's no, uh, there's no kind of, uh, easy, easy game there, or, or even easy period in a match. I think it's 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 full out uh, ninety minutes, and and uh, you know, and and you really need to to show your 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 skill. I guess uh, would be the word your skill, and and your, your you know your your tactics are what's going to set you set you apart when uh, when everyone's you know going at it a hundred percent. So uh, competitive would be how I describe it. So was the dairy accent harder to understand in Spanish? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, we, we we had a few guys from from different parts of Ireland, and and you know, just getting them all mixed up was was crazy. <laughs> Some of the guys from Dublin as well were, were pretty tough to understand. Uh, from I can't remember exactly their their hometowns, but little little towns around Dublin, and and they were uh, pretty hard to understand as well. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Um, my other question is, uh, how was uh, your time in the Wonders Grounds? Um, you know, when you were with Pacific, um, what do you think about the, the atmosphere, the environment, the pitch? Because I feel like it has a little bit of similarities with Pacific FC, you know, the way that the size, there, 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 there's something there that I found it similar, but at the same time different. I don't know how, how I can explain this. But I wanted to ask you, like, how was your your experience in the grounds? Like, what do you think about the crowd, the atmosphere, the pitch, everything? Yeah, as a player, it is one of my favorite places to play last year, um, mostly due to to the fans and and uh, the great atmosphere they put on there. I think uh, credit to the the privateers there. I think they they've done a great job getting people out in numbers and and not just to the stadium, but uh, you know, getting people loud and and creating a real atmosphere there. So as a player, that's, that's, you know, that's the best, the best there is. That's, that's the kind of atmosphere you want to play in every match. So, um, you know, as far as the stadium, I think the, the pitch, uh, I think I played there three times and the pitch was, was kind of up and down, uh, towards the end of the season. I think it got better, uh, after the summer and, uh, in the, in the fall there, it was a bit better. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, the the dressing rooms and stuff like that are are the low point of it. I think those could be improved a bit, but um, you know, the most important thing is is the on field product. And I think uh, playing there, you know, is a joy. And and uh, stuff like the dressing rooms and, and the the toilets and stuff like that, I think are uh, come second at least for me in that regard. So uh, I think uh, you know, overall, a very positive review. I'll give it. Uh, you know. And, <laughs> Hopefully they can continue to uh, to build on on the great atmospheres they put together and and maybe install uh, you know some 21st century plumbing at some point. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's good toilet shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, follow up my second question uh, for you, but um, the wonders suffer uh, from those long trips, you know, like being on the plane coast to coast. But I would be selfish telling you that in only Halifax because the same goes for Pacific. So um, as a player, how difficult it was, you know, because you guys suffered the same of Halifax, you know, like traveling coast to coast and playing, having like uh, away games on the roads. How, how was that? How, how difficult it was for Pacific and for you as a player 
to play in such a long distance trip? Yeah, it's one of the toughest things uh, about the league. Um, when uh, when international players, you know, arrive and ask me what uh, what to expect in the league, that's usually one of the first things I say. Like, you know, you really got to get ready for for the travel because it's it's quite unique in world football, um, and it just adds a another level of uh, of you know you, you got to take care of your body and and do the right things to recover properly because if you don't, it's it's really hard to deal with. So. Um, you know, you're not going to make excuses, but, uh, you know, I think it definitely, uh, no one in the league would, would disagree that it's a bit more difficult for Pacific and Halifax, uh, you know, just given how many kilometers they have to travel in the year. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things you're a professional and you gotta, you gotta deal with it. And, and, uh, you know, everyone has uh, different ways that they, uh, they like to recover and, and look after their bodies. But, uh, if you're playing for, playing for one of those teams but but also just playing in this league in general i think there's a lot more travel than anywhere else so if you're doing that you got to figure out what works for you and and really be diligent about uh about taking care of yourself and, and doing those things yeah that's great i think uh, uh we have a big land in canada but um also the russian league also has kind of the same distance a lot of uh, teams travel and i feel like this will improve over the more expansions we have you know because the schedule could be tailored a little bit more with the distance of the teams on away matches and i feel like it's going to improve over the years and it will be it will be great especially with the jet lag and everything so and this goes uh, to the question that i wanted to ask you like now playing for ottawa um how do you think that it will benefit for you to play better in ottawa not team wise just in the time in the terms of like jet lag because you know pacific it's kind of like four hours behind now in ottawa it's kind of neutral for halifax for halifax side and also for like winnipeg alberta side you know you're kind of in the middle do you think that benefits a little bit towards you and and your teammates as well yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's a bit less travel, and and as you touched on the the time zones, uh, there's not uh, as big a change. Um, I also think it's much easier to go uh, east to west. That's just my personal opinion. But jet lag, jet lag wise, I think it's it's quite a bit easier. So, uh, you know, being central or at least in terms of where the teams are, a bit more uh, eastern on the on the. Uh, where we're situated in the country, I think will will make things a bit easier, and and uh, you know even just being able to travel by bus to to the teams in Ontario, I think uh, is is a big help. Like anytime you go up in a plane, even if it's just an hour flight, I think is is hard on your legs. So uh, so the bus tra- travel will help as well. Yeah, I I can imagine that. So you're 27, right? You just turned 27. Correct. Yes. Um, you play uh, for the Canadian national team, like you. Uh, the I don't, if I'm not mistaken, you play two matches with the Canadian national team. If I'm not mistaken, sorry, I need to correct those facts. Yeah, but that, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, my question to you is like, what's next for for Benfica? Like after you, you have let's let's put like you're gonna have a fantastic season in Atletico Ottawa. So. Uh, your next goal is uh, reaching the Canadian national team. What's next for Ben Fisk? 
Yeah, uh, getting back into the into the men's national team setup, uh, you know that that will never never stop being a dream of mine. Um, at the same time, I'm realistic about uh, you know the players that they have in my position right now are, are you know they're, they're, we've got some world cat class players in Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Junior Hoylet, uh, you know Scotty Arfield in midfield, Jonathan Osorio. These these guys are are you know. At, at, close to the top of the game at the moment and and so i'm not uh you know I, i'm not delusional in, in thinking that uh you know having a great season in cpl automatically puts me on that level but um at the same time you know i think uh i can just focus on what i can control personally and and that's having a great 2020 season here in ottawa um and and you know at 27 i'm far from far from done improving i think uh i'm someone who, who's trying to get better and better every single year so uh, I'm just focused on doing that and, and having the best season I possibly can. And, and, you know, I think I trust that the the rest of my career will take care of itself. Yeah, just a just a quick follow-up to your international career. Uh, your second game, you came on against uh, uh, Scotland in Scotland. Um, the Scottish team were going through a, a bad phase right then. So what was the atmosphere like in the stadium? And, like, what was it like coming in to play in that kind of cauldron? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite uh, moments as a player um, was that game. Just, uh, you know, ju- just I think th- there's a very different uh, kind of atmosphere in, in the UK, in, in Scotland and, and England. Um, when you got a full stadium there, it's just, you know, they, they live and breathe football there. So um, being able to play in, in a pretty iconic stadium uh, at Easter Road there. Uh, against Scotland, you know, and playing against some players that I, I grew up watching, like Darren Fletcher, uh, Snodgrass, uh, just to name a couple. You know, these are, these are guys that I'd seen seen play, and and you know, here I was on the pitch uh, playing against them. Uh, I think one of my first plays, I took the ball off Darren Fletcher, and I was thinking, you know, fucking hell, oh, wow. yeah, I'm I'm here to I'm here to play. Let's do this, boys. You know, um, you know, so it was just a, it was just a, a great, uh, great memory, and and you know the atmosphere was phenomenal. Uh, as you mentioned, it it was a tough, uh, tough time for Scottish football. So you know, it, it, even though it was a friendly, it, it did have uh, you know kind of that air of uh, of pressure, you know, on on them. I think the fans there were 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 desperate for a result, and and uh, we obviously uh, we got a draw against them, and and I think they were very very disappointed with that. So you you, you could feel the tension in the stadium and. And I think actually right after that game, their manager got sacked. So, uh, so that just goes to show that you know there was there was a bit more riding on that game than than your average friendly. I saw that uh, uh, Marco Bussos got Fletcher's jersey after the game. How did he manage to snag that? Uh, you must have asked him uh, early on. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not really one to to ask for for another guy's jersey. Uh, you know, there, I would obviously make some exceptions in that, but uh, you know. I, a game like that, I'm focused on on my game and and, and trying to get a result. So, uh, yeah. In hindsight, of course, yeah, you know, I think it'd be awesome to have uh, have a uh, you know someone I grew up watching jersey, but uh, you know, that's not something I'm going to uh, lose sleep over. <laughs> so. Okay, Ben. Uh, what are your top three players in your position that you admire globally? Uh, currently, or or all time. All time or currently, top three. I'm gonna go just <laughs> change your question and make it currently to make it a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> and I'm also gonna cut out Ronaldo and Messi because I think those are the two easiest answers. But um, 
Currently, I'm uh, a big fan of uh, Bernardo Silva at, uh, at Man City. Um, you know, I think I think Sadio Mane and and Mohamed Salah at Liverpool are, are pretty uh, pretty special to watch as wingers. Um, and uh, I'm also going to throw Philippe Coutinho in there. Uh, he hasn't he's had a bit of a rough go of it uh, the last couple of years, but uh, his spell at Liverpool was pretty special, and he was one one of my favorite guys to watch. So that tells me that you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually. I, I don't like Liverpool whatsoever. I Good just night. happen to happen to like a few other players. You know, I'm actually I'm actually you know pretty giddy over the fact that they might uh, not get to win the Premier League this year. I think it's pretty hilarious. So uh, I agree. I agree. So who do you follow? I to be honest, I don't uh, I don't support any team. I just uh, I'm a, a fan of the game. I love uh, love football and and love uh, you know whatever team is kind of playing a new creative style that uh, that not a lot of other teams are doing. I I really enjoy watching that kind of um, that creativity and and uh, yeah, you know, just following players that I've played with and and uh, and teams that I've played for, obviously. But um, you know. My uh, my heart isn't with any one team, so um, I'm going to edit that to say you're a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Just so you know. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I've been desperately to get a Spurs fan on here, so um, it's very hard actually. So just the final question for me. Uh, it's probably it's an, another kind of weird tough one. So um, you, you're going to play a five-a-side tournament uh, of, of the players you played with. Who would be on your team? I'd throw first choice uh, Samuel Piet, very good friend of mine. Uh, played with him at, at Deportivo de La Coruña. Um, I'd throw in uh, Luis Alberto, who plays for for Lazio right now. Uh, played with him as well at, at Deportivo, and and he's uh, probably my favorite player I've I've ever played with, uh, style wise. I'd, and then uh, you know I, I think I'd have to throw in my uh, my two best buddies uh, Ben McKendry and Cal Irving. Uh, Cal Irving's with with Pacific now. Ben Ben McKendry uh, most recently played in Sweden. Those two guys we we've played together since we were uh, I think Ben since we were six years old and Callum since we were uh, ten or eleven years old. So you know I've I've won a, a hell of a lot of games with those guys and and I would back them to uh, tell my five side team. Uh, uh, get the W. You know, we've also got a goalkeeper in Callum, so there you go. Nice, good team, man. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, so Luis Alberto played with Liverpool too, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, wow. He, uh, he he came on loan to to Deportivo uh, from Liverpool, and and then uh, has since moved on. But yeah. So so you knew he's going to end up like playing for like Lazio or something like that. Yeah, he he was he was phenomenal to be honest, and and just you know p- position wise, uh, you know, playing playing a similar style and stuff to me, he's just a, a guy I looked up to, and and just watching his career kind of uh, kick on from there has been been really cool to watch, and great guy as well. So just someone you're you're happy to to cheer for. We're not going to see him at Let's Go Ottawa next year, are we? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we can afford him. <laughs> uh, so Carlos, do you have any more questions, man? No, I'm 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 good. Uh, I'm I'm good for question and thanks, Ben, so, uh, for for being part of this blog. We really appreciate it. No, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was a great time, and look forward to uh, seeing you guys at a game at uh, Wanderers Ground. Yeah, uh, we'll be the people. We'll give you a cheer, man. So you'll know it's us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I hope not just a cheer. I hope you, you, you banter me a little bit at least. <laughs> 
and now you got some dirt on me so yeah, that's that's true uh we'll, uh we'll bring all the Arsenal fans down to make fun of you for being a Tottenham fan um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a million i really, really appreciate it um do you have any pictures of you with your uh your winner's medal from Derry? Uh, I do, yeah. I think uh, on my Instagram there'll probably be one. I actually, uh, that winner's medal is is pretty dirty now. I didn't take it off for a week, so <laughs> wore it down to the pubs and everything. So. Um, you've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. Thanks again to Ben for joining us in this episode. Really do appreciate the insight into being the first player at a brand new franchise. Thank you to Carlos for joining us. We really do appreciate the contribution. Again, thanks to all the listeners. We really do appreciate your support. It really does mean a lot. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until the next episode, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.